John George Govan is the name of our hymn writer today. He was born into the home of William and Margaret Govan on the 19th of January 1861. The tenth member in a family of 13 children, one of which died in infancy. There were six sons and seven daughters. William, like his father before him, was a successful businessman in Glasgow. He was prominent in the city and was known as a man who feared God and loved righteousness. The home was run strictly. The children learned obedience and were trained in the fear of God. It was a happy home, for there was a wise and loving discipline. And so it is not surprising that young John was saved at the early age of 12, after listening to his father preaching one Sunday evening in late summer. They were on their usual family retreat on the island of Arran, off the west coast of Scotland. He heard his father warn the congregation that they might never meet again in this fashion, and that the only certain place of meeting would be in heaven, but only if their hearts were prepared. The message went right home to John's heart, and he slipped out quietly, making his way to the little cottage where they were staying. A thunderstorm had broken out, but there was another storm of fear and doubt raging in his young heart. He longed to be right with God. That night, as he rose from his knees, he had such peace in knowing that the great transaction had taken place. Reverend Duncan Campbell wrote regarding the young teenager. He was a young man with life before him. He was sitting on a hillside on the island of Arran. Below on the Firth of Clyde, steamers and liners bound for America were passing and yachts were sailing hither and thither. As he watched, God spoke to him, challenging him as to what his life was to be, like a pleasure yacht sailing to and fro, or like a liner bound for its ocean goal. His parents were friendly with William and Catherine Booth, founders of the Salvation Army. They would stay in their home from time to time. He also came under the influence of the well-known evangelist Dwight L. Moody. Their message of a clean heart and a holy life started to take hold of him. In October 1883, before his father went home to be with the Lord, his last words to John, then 22 years of age, were, You are to be a witness for Christ. This made a deep impression on him, as did this first experience of death. He yearned for a clean heart. This is what I need, he said. Not just consecration, not a mere giving of myself to God, but a work of God to be done in my soul. The Bible verses that principally showed me this truth are in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 to 24, where Paul says, That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Romans chapter 6 also showed me this life and many other passage, passages. I saw that there was a coming of the king himself 
to reign in the cleansed hearts of his children. It took some months before he was willing to lay all his desires, ambitions, affections, everything at the foot of the cross. Let him describe in his own words what happened the night he fell on his knees after a meeting and yielded his awe to God, trusting him to cleanse him. The glory of the Lord flooded my soul, and it has been different ever since. It was just a new life from that day. I was altogether Christ, and he was the king of my life. Nights of prayer, public house visitation, and preaching on the streets all became his delight, as he and other fire-baptized Christians went all out to reach the lost for the master. In 1885, at the age of 24, he left his business to step out to follow his master full-time in the work of the kingdom. Halls were rented, missions conducted, and God's power was evident in the meetings. Many were saved and sanctified wholly. These were the early beginnings of the work of the faith mission, reaching mainly into the villages and country areas of Scotland. A brief entry in his diary on the 14th of October, 1886, reads, The Faith Mission Started. Now, from small beginnings with just two workers, there were nine at the end of the first year. The district of Fife in East Scotland was targeted. Drinking and gambling abounded. Evangelical work was virtually non-existent in the villages and cold, formal religion abounded in the industrial towns. Fife was given the nickname the Devil's Seat. Opposition to the meetings came in the form of rotten eggs, stones and even a drunken cabbie drove his horse and cab right through the crowd. It became necessary to move into a hall. A lot of roughs and some of the worst drunkards attended the meetings. They had to have some workers outside the hall to hold the fort, while others stormed the forts of sin inside the hall. Fearlessness and cheerfulness won the day. Riot and revival were the order of the day. He married Annie Martin, the first female worker in the mission, on the 28th of September, 1894. He said of her, the Spirit of God rested on her. This girl with the sweet face and beautiful voice who moved the hearts of the people wherever she went. As the workers multiplied, so did the responsibilities of the leader, or chief as he was fondly called. Travelling, preaching, training and lecturing students in the Bible college or training home, as it was called then, all began to take its toll on his health. The work had expanded to include Ireland, England, Wales, South Africa and Canada. By the time he was 64, the strain of ceaseless work started to show. He wrote at the end of an annual report, Nearer the end of our earthly pilgrimage and service, a blessed pilgrimage and a joyous service. Nearer the time when we shall see his face and awake in his likeness and be forever with the Lord. Just two more years were left to him 
and he carried on working to the end. Failing physical strength there may have been, but his inner faith grew even more steadfast, and his eyes were seeing ever more clearly the king in his beauty. Speaking at a convention in the soldiers' home in Perth, Easter Scotland, and leading the meeting the following evening, he stayed long after supper talking to his workers, or pilgrims as they were called. He loved them and prayed for them daily by name. The next morning before seven o'clock, he suffered a severe stroke and slipped into unconsciousness. Three days later, on the 3rd of October, 1927, he died, as he would have wished, in harness to the last. At his funeral service, Dr. Graeme Scroggy said, If he could whisper one word to us gathered here this afternoon, he would say, Don't sorrow, sing, don't drop your heart in despair, because I am no longer able to lead the mission. Carry on. The time is short, the fight is great, and the master of the house is urgent. When someone asked what was the secret of his holy life, the reply was, he lived in the secret place of the Most High. Few men knew so deeply as he the strength and inspiration that come from waiting on God. John George Govan was no poet, but anything he did write was because his heart was really stirred. However, he left us one glorious hymn, which is the embodiment of his experience of full salvation. John George Govan believed in a full deliverance from sin, and verse 1 is his expression of this truth. There's a saviour from all sin. If you'll only let him into your heart, he there will reign while you trust him. He will put the evil out, save from every fear and doubt, and you'll soon begin to shout, Hallelujah! Verse 2 is a description of the joyful service which naturally follows full surrender. The third verse emphasises the victorious life of the believer in the hour of temptation. Now, here's Mildred Rainey to sing his hymn for us. There's a saviour from all sin If you only let him into your heart He there will reign while you trust him He will put the evil out Save from every fear and doubt And you'll soon begin to shout Hallelujah! 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 Jesus is my saviour king does full salvation bring Hallelujah Hallelujah Now with heart and voice I sing Hallelujah Jesus is a wondrous name Now and evermore the same He can cleanse from every stain Only trust Him He will fill your soul with joy Talents will employ Satan's kingdom to destroy Hallelujah 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 Jesus is my saviour king He does full salvation bring Hallelujah 
I sing hallelujah. 